Hello, and thank you for joining us for another Made in Manitoba, and yet another debut of an artist with ties to our province, Indigenous singer-songwriter Asen Abbey. This weekend, we reflect on National Indigenous Peoples Day, which took place June 21st. This is our opportunity to recognize and celebrate the history, heritage, resilience, and diversity of First Nations, Inuit, and Métis people across the country. With that in mind, we're excited to share music from Asen Abbey's debut album, Watton, which was named after his late grandfather and inspired by conversations the singer-songwriter had with him before he passed away. Conversations which shed light on his time in the residential school system and the difficult life he had at times. You are listening to Made in Manitoba with Asen Abbey, our guest. His music and our conversation with him begin after this. Yeah, I was eight years old and I went to a residential school. Somebody from outside, uh, the government person, said if you don't uh, send your kids out, you guys and I go, I'm going to help you. That's why I went to school. They had no choice. It was over 300 kids that went to school. And I used to cry, I was lonesome. I was wondering why I was uh, sent here. And I didn't didn't know why. What did I do wrong? From my brothers, yeah. 
Thank you for joining us on Made in Manitoba this weekend as we reflect on National Indigenous Peoples Day, which took place June 21st. With that in mind, we're excited to welcome Indigenous artist Asen Abbey to the program to tell us about his debut album, Watton, which was named after his late grandfather and inspired by conversations the singer-songwriter had with him before he passed away. Now, we are really looking forward, Asen Abbey, to learning more about your grandfather, who you told me before we began tonight had a very difficult life at times. Now, before we start that part of the conversation, how about you tell us about your musical background and connection to Manitoba? Yeah, like I'm from Sandy Lake First Nation, but like uh, I was born born in the Paw, Manitoba, which is you know, I've, you know, a lot of people outside of Manitoba might know where know, know where that is, but it's it's quite a bit north of Winnipeg. It's like a tiny little town. Um, you know, I lived there for probably couple of years when i when we left sandy lake and i was you know i was there from like four to six and then you know moved in with my mom in winnipeg after that and lived there for a little bit um but yeah you know i'm, I'm mason abbey i'm an og cree singer songwriter sandy lake first nation so just tell us a little bit about your musical background when did you start uh, liger- uh literally and figuratively start playing around i started you know playing music probably when i was 12 um yeah definitely when i was 12 you know my mom always kind of had this this dream to kind of live off grid you know so we moved out to the country at kaministiqua and, and it's kind of this rural community outside of thunder bay so we had this house with with you know no electricity no running water and, and you know that's where I, I started writing music and it was kind of just like it was just kind of there. My brother had left this guitar and like had these three things. The guitar being one of them. You know, it was it was just a thing that was there and a thing that kind of used to kind of entertain myself and occupy my my time. And then I just started learning to write songs and kind of learning to love it. And you know, I, my mother was always kind of working. You know, she'd be like working in these hotels or, or these other jobs and. And so I found music to be kind of this tool that I use to kind of process the world around me and kind of get a better understanding of, of, of it and myself. Of just, yeah, you know, writing songs uh, at the time, I guess it was almost kind of like writing in a journal or something. So, you know, we're focusing and featuring the album this weekend uh, called Watton, which is uh, the name of your grandfather, who is a big part of this album. Before we really dive into the album and the pieces that are weave uh, woven throughout it, tell us about your grandfather. Yeah, so my grandfather, um, yeah, you know, he he was always the rock of the family. You know, he he was like a quiet man, but a very strong man, and like always always did everything for his family. You know, like even reflecting on our, our relationship and just thinking about you know all the times he had supported me and like even as a teenager when i was playing shows he would you know he didn't have me but he would like be there like two in the morning and like pick me up make sure i got home safe he had so many struggles growing up you know he grew up in sandy lake first nation and he was only there till he was eight he got taken and put into residential school he was in that school for i believe 11 years he actually stayed he stayed there longer because that's where he met my grandmother and they, they'd fallen in love. And, and so he stayed there and when she was able to get out, they, they left and they started a new life together. And I, I'd actually, I actually didn't know that until, you know, I started having these conversations with him in, in 2020, both their families didn't want them to marry each other. So they just decided, you know, did they go back to these families? They, 
no longer really know anymore or do they see where this love takes them and so they they left and yeah they they left um and, and lived in kind of these small towns um you know i think they went to mcintosh residential school which is kind of just outside of vermilion bay they ended up like living around your falls and, and red lake and they actually like lived in the forest for a little bit while they worked and then started saving up and they had a child and then they ended up moving uh, to winnipeg and then the palm manitoba where they bought a, bought a home yeah, those conversations that you had with him, obviously they continued over a period of time throughout the, the pandemic. Was was there a point where you thought it made sense uh, for a number of reasons, I'm sure, to weave in portions of those conversations into the album? Or or was it the other way around where you're like, wow, I have these conversations. I need to create an album around this. Like the, the thought of an album didn't come to like a year into these conversations because um, yeah you know i had moved my grandfather into long-term care and you know all the outbreaks that were happening at those homes presented kind of this real fear that my grandfather could get covid and i wouldn't be able to speak with him again so then that's what sparked the conversations and kind of what sparked the recordings was just like him not remembering uh details of stories and i guess that's where like the journalist in me kicked in i was just like do you mind if i like record these conversations and so like i called him like almost every day and we'd just sit on the phone for like an hour before i had to go to work and like that year just kind of you know trying to record as, as many stories for my my grandpa as i could because it was it's always been kind of important for me to reconnect with my roots know where we came from and especially for indigenous folks it's like you know a lot of our stories aren't written in books and aren't in museums and aren't in these places so there's like a different fear of you know knowing where you came from and kind of holding that and keeping it flash forward a year and you know it's christmas and i'm still living in toronto and it's like you know obviously the most restricted place because it's the most populous place so i'm just like in my tiny apartment listening to these recordings and i think you know the first track off the album cc dano uh, was inspired by uh conversations with my grandfather where he told me like you know he didn't know his his father's name what it like what it meant you know something as simple as that and really struck me and i, I just wrote a song and then i wrote two songs and then you know that's that's where i was like okay like this is how i can you know record a little bit of our family story and kind of just have it somewhere so it doesn't disappear you know From our beds, I didn't know what was happening. I was eight years old. Couldn't even say goodbye. I was told that there was not much time as we stepped to the cold. So we were long gone. So we were long gone. So we were.
This is Made in Manitoba, and that was music from Asin Abbey off his debut album, Watton, which was named after his late grandfather. Asin Abbey was born in the Paw and lived there for a couple of years. The Juno-nominated singer-songwriter currently calls Toronto home. The album includes ten songs and nine interludes featuring the voice of his late grandfather, recorded during the first year of the pandemic, talking about things they had never spoken about previously. His life on the trap line on Sandy Lake First Nation, falling in love, his life in residential school, and then leaving everything behind were all part of those conversations. Now, we've already heard from Ace and Abby about why he wanted to record those conversations. How about on the other side of the speaker? Why is it important for us to listen? We'll find out after this. Put it in the pit 
They say that we can reconcile it What if I can You know, you mentioned that part of your desire to record these conversations was to ensure that from, you know, your perspective, you're, you're connecting with your family, connecting to your heritage and your past, protecting those stories. From the other side of the speaker, if you will, for those that are listening to the music and the stories of your grandfather off your album, uh, Watton, why is it important for us to listen and, and to hear uh, what he is sharing with you through those conversations? Kind of uh, the timing of everything was kind of wild as well. You know, like I think with everything coming out, like this really kind of time where this record kind of almost 
kind of made sense and just kind of the, the, the ongoing conversation in this country, you know, about what happened with residential schools and, and, you know, everything coming out with the unright graves. And for me, I, I was really nervous putting out this record when I, you know, it started, I started to realize that it's like, Oh, you know, the same 20 people who have been coming to my shows aren't going to be the only ones listening to this. You know, I was actually really afraid that, um, residential school survivors would hear this album and then they'd be kind of re-traumatized. And so that was kind of my, my biggest concern about putting it out. But, you know, I had residential school survivors reach out to me and, and they just said, you know, it's, it's so beautiful to, and healing to, to hear our stories finally being told by our people and our words. So that was like, you know, such a massive weight off my shoulders and to hear that. And, you know, I've, I've had messages from like people, this one guy, like he reached out, he's like, I'm so-and-so. And, you know, I, I, I just want to say, you know, like I'm a, I'm a 30 year old white guy from Southern Ontario. And I didn't, I didn't know this stuff. And I listened to your album and then I had to dig deeper. And I, and like, he's like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of ashamed of, of, of what this country did. And he's like, you know, thanks for sharing this record and kind of opening my eyes to this you know dark part of history. And getting those comments has been kind of really wild to me and like really appreciative and so much gratitude. And like, I didn't think telling obviously a small portion of my family and my grandfather's story would have such an impact. You know, there's teachers are constantly kind of messaging me and, and saying like, you know, we use this album as, as a part of our course and you know i've had university professors you know reach out and say like i'm trying to make this an actual part of the curriculum it's quite incredible and i'm just kind of always blown away every time i i get feedback like that what uh was your grandfather's reaction or response uh to the album assuming that he's had the opportunity to listen to it yeah you know i still remember the first time I played on the album, because um, I, like, he knew I was making an album. I had his blessing. And then, and like, I remember when I got the first Masters back, I, I went up to Thunder Bay, and I picked him up. I just put the record on. And now at one point, you know, we're just listening to the songs. And then, you know, in Nomads, there's clips of, of his voice and, and the songs playing. We're driving around. And, it just, and then in that moment, he was just kind of like, oh, I'm on the radio. <laughs> But it was it was the CD or whatever. But you know what? Like I think because of that record, you know, even a lot of uh, his care workers at the long term care home he said would always kind of give him updates on what was happening. To be able to talk, I think, and and to be able to kind of be have that validation, you know, like I feel like so many residential school survivors had 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 to do these interviews like over and over and again, even with like the TRC and. and and then, like, I think, didn't all those documents get, like, destroyed or something? Like, and it's just, like, to tell these stories and, and to not be heard for so long and, you know, to not be taken seriously for, for so long. And then I think the biggest thing to come out was, was like, my grandfather at one point decided that he was finally kind of able to, like, kind of forgive and, and move on with his life. And I know that's not the case for, for most you know, people who had had to experience what he experienced and, and, but to kind of get that at, at all, I think is, is kind of a, such a incredible thing. And, you know, he, he had decided that and then, you know, he, he actually just passed away um, a little over a month ago, but to kind of have that 
in his lifetime, I think is, is really special. Well, first, sorry for your loss to hear that your grandfather had passed away. And thank you for sharing so openly about his, uh, his experience with you recording this album. We are going to be airing this program within a day or two of National Indigenous Day. And I just wanted to get your perspective on the importance of that day and, and why it's something along with uh, Truth and Reconciliation Day in the fall um, is important for all Canadians. Yeah, yeah. I think it's always really important to just kind of recognize history and recognize the past and, you know, kind of acknowledge everything so we don't just kind of keep making the same mistakes, right? You know, for the longest time, you know, Indigenous culture was kind of banned and the government tried to erase it. And so to celebrate it now, I think is so huge because I think there's still a lot of work that needs to be done, you know? Just Indigenous people just celebrating and having you know, such strong pride in our culture. And, you know, I, I think the, that's coming back in such a big way. And these days definitely help that, you know, like we we can get together and, and share stories and have, have powers and have, you know, players and, and, you know, celebrate the culture and celebrate the roots and celebrate who we are. That's really interesting to me too, about just that pride. Because, you know, I kind of grew up in a northern town that it had like the most hate crimes against Indigenous people in all of Canada. You know, that that's where I grew up. And so, you know, it kind of took me a while to find that pride and to, you know, to find that self-love. There's so many Indigenous youth now that just grew up in a time where all they knew was pride. And so, like, I'm really excited to kind of see the music and the art that comes out of that mindset. I'm not no trouble with the kids. And uh, I told them uh, just have to watch themselves if they to speak English when there was uh, somebody around, and to keep uh, their language. We're going to lose our language. I told them because uh, you're going to be in trouble if they hear you were talking. <laughs> The language, yeah, I told her, her language, Chippewa and Ochequi. Get people come to us. I'm 
That was our Made in Manitoba guest, Asen Abbey, with music from his debut album, Watton, named after his late grandfather, and including interludes from conversations he had with him before his passing. Today's program was in reflection of National Indigenous People Day, June 21st, and we want to thank Asen Abbey for sharing his story and the stories of his grandfather. You can find this episode and past programs of Made in Manitoba at podcastville.ca. My co-host Chris Sumner, I'm Zach Krieger. Good night.